Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we'll start in verse 46. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. When you get it, say, got it. Got it. All right. This, this passage of Scripture is, is, is commonly referred to as Mary's Magnificat. Now, that name is derived from the, from the Latin translation. When the Scriptures are translated into Latin, uh, the first word of this passage is magnificent or magnificent or magnify. Uh, would be the proper translation of that in, into English. Uh, not that that matters. That's not going to be on the test one day. You don't need to remember that. But if you ever hear somebody refer to Mary's Magnificat, they're referring to this passage of Scripture. Now, depending on your translation, there may be a little heading over this passage of Scripture that says Mary's Magnificat. Or it may say Mary's Song or Mary's Praise or something uh, similar to that. But that's, that's what that means. Uh, I remember the first time I heard that term, I didn't have a clue what the person was talking about. And so I just figured I would let you guys know that if you hear that term, that's what it's talking about. But that's exactly what this is. This is a, a praise of Mary. Uh, now, Mary had already heard the news. We talked about that Sunday morning, that Mary had gotten the news that she was going to conceive by the Holy Spirit and give birth to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And upon hearing that news, uh, the angel told her to consider her relative Elizabeth, that even in Elizabeth's old age, she too had conceived and was going to give birth to a child. Now, that child was going to be John the Baptist, and uh, upon the angel uh, telling Mary the news about her own birth that was about to take place with Jesus, and about the news of her relative Elizabeth, Mary went down to, or I should say went up to see uh, her relative Elizabeth, and that's what these verses are talking about today. That's where these verses take place. Uh, in the verses before that, we see uh, Mary and Elizabeth having uh, just a little discussion back and forth, uh, and Elizabeth states that upon hearing Mary's voice, the baby inside of her uh, leapt for joy. And so uh, this was no doubt a, a pretty uh, miraculous moment in a sense that uh, even even John in the womb uh, was overjoyed with excitement upon hearing uh, Mary's voice, knowing that uh, the very son that Mary was going to bring into the world was the one that John was going to prepare uh, the way for. So it's a beautiful story how these uh, how these Mary and how Elizabeth and and even the unborn son and John uh, play a part in this story leading up to the birth of Jesus. So we'll pray and then we'll look at the text. <clears throat> Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words and I pray God that you just help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory to you, dear Lord. That's what Mary and her intent was. That's what she does in these words. And I pray that as we look at them tonight, God, that we praise you in just the same way. And God, even though we may not be blessed in the same exact way that Mary was blessed, dear Lord, there is still blessings for us in the very child that she gave birth to in Jesus. And I pray that you help us not to miss that as we look at these words. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 46, And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness 
of the Lord. Some translations may say, uh, my soul magnifies, uh, but the idea is the same there. There is a, there is a proclamation, there is a mag- magnifying, there is a praising that is going on to the Lord. Upon Mary hearing this wonderful news, she is praising the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name is holy. Now, I think we can, we can kind of split this passage into, into two separate sections, or at least it's, it's easy for me to, uh, to do that. You may not want to do it that way, but I think that these first few verses uh, we can look at as Mary giving praise to God. It's pretty clear here that Mary is giving all the praise to the Lord. She knows that the Lord has done this great thing for her. She knows that the Lord is going to uh, be her Savior through the very son that she is about to give birth to. And she is rejoicing in the Lord. She is praising the Lord. She is singing this song of praise to the Lord, very similar to the passages that we see in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now, if you want to go and read that sometime, what you'll see is you'll see Hannah, who has been blessed with a son, and she will uh, give birth to the son Samuel. And upon giving birth to Samuel and dedicating him to the Lord, uh, uh, Hannah uh, gives a very similar prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You can see a similar heart that she is praying with. Even the language that Mary is using here is very reminiscent of what we see in some of the uh, some of the Psalms. She recognizes that God has done a great thing for her through her. Now, it's no doubt, as we talked about Sunday, that God chose Mary for a reason. By all accounts, with what little uh, we have about Mary here in the Scriptures, it would seem as though that she is a godly, righteous woman. I don't believe that God picked her randomly. I believe He picked her because she was a godly woman. We see that she feared the Lord. We see that she knew the Scriptures. She knew about the Messiah that was coming, just in some of the language that she uses here. And she is praising God because she knows knows who God is, the Messiah that God promised, and she realizes fully that she is about to give birth to that Messiah, the one that God had proclaimed and prophesied years before, and she's praising God for that. That's a very exciting moment for her. Uh, It's hard for for me even to imagine what that must have been like for her. We talked about that Sunday, uh, that the difficulties of, of just imagining being a, a young teenage girl and having an angel appear to you and tell you this news. And then you have to go back and you have to tell your family that you're pregnant. And what are they going to think? What are your friends going to think? Uh, what's going to be the talk of the town? Did she go back and tell her parents? Did they even know? Obviously, she wasn't married yet. It's a lot, of, a lot that probably went through her mind. But in all of that, she didn't fret. She didn't worry. She didn't fear. She didn't say, oh, God, not me. Instead... We have her response here, Uh, not only the response that we looked at uh, Sunday where she said, look, I'm your slave, God, Uh, but, but we have an even longer, deeper response here where she is praising God for what is taking place because he looked, has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, that indeed is true. The words that she said there are true because I would say that everyone in this room tonight would say that Mary was blessed. What a blessing that must have been for her to give birth to the Savior 
of the world. That's something that only one person in all of humanity has ever gotten to do or ever will get to do is give birth to the Savior of the world. And God, of all the people he could have chosen, he chose Mary and she got it. She knew that this was a wonderful blessing. And it was a wonderful blessing. And she's right. We do call her blessed. Although we need to be careful because uh, this very verse may uh, cause some to stumble in a way that, that brings praise to Mary. I don't believe that Mary ever intended uh, that she be praised. I don't believe that by making this statement that she was ever uh, saying that she was something special or someone who was worthy of praise because Mary herself here was not looking for praise. Instead, she was giving praise to God. Mary was blessed, but Mary is not to be worshipped as some may have gone off track and have begun to do. And we want to be careful that we don't uh, do that in our own lives. Even here, uh, Mary had an attitude of worship, an attitude of worship toward the Lord. And when we read about Mary, our attitude should not be uh, that of worship to Mary, but that of worship to Jesus Christ, worship to God. That's exactly what Mary was doing here. And she indeed was blessed. And uh, what a beautiful thing that is for her to get to experience in her lifetime. Then we kind of shift gears in verse 50, and we kind of shift gears into talking about the nation of Israel. Now, Mary realizes that she's blessed, but she also realizes that this is going to be blessings for many to come, not just for her, but all those in the past who have placed their faith and trust in the Messiah to come, and all those in the future who are going to hear about the Messiah who has come. She knows that all are going to be blessed. So first, she recognizes and prays God and thanks Him for the blessing that she has, not only for, for God delivering her through the son that she was about to give birth to, but also for God choosing her to give birth to such a son. And now she shifts gears into these blessings will also be poured out unto all those who seek this Messiah and who fear the Lord. In verse 50, His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear Him. He has done a mighty deed with His arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, mindful of his mercy, just as he spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Now here she uses some language and she talks about God being there for those who are hungry, those who are humble. Uh, This type of language is reminiscent to what we see in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now uh, God is with those who hunger and thirst in a spiritual way and he's also with those who hunger and thirst in 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 a physical way. And Mary here recognizes what God is going to do. The proud, the ones that that think so highly, that think they don't need God, that think they've got it all figured out, uh, that they are going to be toppled uh, when the Savior comes. Now, you say, well, that hasn't happened yet, and the Savior has come. Well, no, it hasn't happened, but, but, but Mary is speaking about ultimately, I think, what is going to take place. These are things that Jesus is ultimately going to do fully, and that is the proud will be humbled, but those who are humbled 
will be exalted. Uh, The first will be last and the last will be first. The language that Mary uses here, we find scattered all throughout the New Testament about God's people. And Mary realizes that. She states that at the beginning of this praise, that she is a humble servant of God. Uh, Mary was probably nothing special. She was probably uh, just a normal girl. She definitely wasn't of any royalty. She wasn't a queen. She wasn't a princess. She was just a humble servant of the Lord. And she realized that God would come to save those who are humble, that God would come to save those who fear him. And she states that in these verses. And she is looking forward to God redeeming his people, just as he promised he would. For those who would seek him, for those who would come to him, the very Messiah that she was about to give birth to was going to be the Savior of the world. And we need to pay attention to her words there. And we need to make sure that we have humbled ourselves before the Lord. We need to make sure that we are not those who are proud, who are going to be toppled. But we are those with a heart like Mary, that we are humble before the Lord. And that we praise the Lord because we have been blessed. Now, we haven't been blessed in a way that we are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. But we have been blessed in that through the birth of the Savior of the world, we have received forgiveness of sins if we put our faith and trust in him, if we have the same faithfulness that Mary had to the son that she was about to give, if we have that same faithfulness to that son, we will experience forgiveness. We will experience that deliverance that she's talking about. And when she talks about God's people and she talks about the mercy that God's people were restored, just as Mary was blessed through giving birth to the son, you and I will be blessed by the, birth, by the son that she gave birth to if we put our trust in him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these beautiful words of your servant Mary. And we thank you for her heart, for her attitude, for her praise, dear Lord, to recognize that she had been blessed by you, dear Lord, and that all would be blessed by you through the son that she was about to give birth to. And God, I pray that you help us to recognize that we have been blessed by you, dear Lord. That you chose us, God, not maybe in the same exact way that you chose Mary, but you have chosen us, dear Lord, to be yours if we would come to you, God, through the very son that she gave birth to. And I pray, God, that you would just help us to uh, just come to you, dear Lord, to humble ourselves before you and to seek you, dear Lord. And I pray that we just would uh, recognize the blessing that we have through your son, through our Savior, through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in his name. Amen.